Hey everybody, welcome to My Town Hustle. Today's episode is about better public engagement. Stay tuned. Welcome to My Town Hustle, where we take an in-depth look at the people, policies, and processes that make small towns work. Focusing on trends in urbanism and creative economies, My Town Hustle explores the ideas that make our community special. So sit back and enjoy the show. I'm going to talk about it on the podcast, so just get ready. That's fine with me. <laughs> I'm going to make references to J- to Jared's angst. Neat. Ah, all right, we're we're starting this right meow. We're just starting again. Yeah, we're yeah. well. No, like this is the real. We're this is the real deal. I told you, I'm done with the agenda. Yeah. This is going to be. It is what it is. You're going to get hives. Yeah. And everybody's going to know how real this is. <laughs> this is still real. When will then be now? Soon. Uh, anywho, we're here today. We're going to be talking about better public engagement. This was Sam's uh, idea. Yeah. So yeah, buddy, we're going to be picking his brain. Yes. And hopefully some hot takes. Definitely. From, from Brett. St- oh, yeah. If there aren't hot takes, I definitely have stories. Okay. Yeah. This one. I have a, I have a story about my first time really ever holding a public meeting. Sam's first so, time. Stay tuned. And what I think yeah. people should do and all that kind of stuff. But just a general riff, I think, about meetings. And you guys have experience being in them, not only as a stakeholder, but also um, as an engaged public citizen. I'm anxious so. to hear Jared's take just as someone who's always been attending and maybe never hosting or organizing or orchestrating. True. Mm-hmm. True. I think given my current position... At six Mo City Services, I might refrain. Oh, from okay. my, from my thoughts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or experiences. Let me put it that way. Yeah. If that, if the look on Jared's face could be put into words, it would. Yeah. Be if a this lot of words. dead microphone stand laying before us. Yeah. Rest in peace to this mic stand. Yeah. We, we we got to see angry Jared went Hulk smash in here before we started recording, and uh, there's a casualty. Yeah. There's, that is what you get for buying something. For eleven dollars off mm. of Amazon, mm-hmm. for the last ten episodes, I've been fighting with the battle. <laughs> Today I won. You did win. So I'm it, holding this like Jeremy Shap nice. from ESPN. Yes, and I will continue it. <laughs> anyway, till your, your hand gets tired. It's <laughs> a bold move, Cotton. Yeah, that's a bold move, Cotton. Uh, so better public engagement. This deals primarily with yeah. if you are a um, public servant holding a public meeting or a, uh, a chair of a, a commission or president mm-hmm. of council or some mm-hmm. sort of, um, you know, consultant. Quite frankly, holding sure. it on behalf of a municipality. So, yeah. what? What? Why did you want to? Why is it top of mind to you, Sam? To me, it's top of mind just because uh, here locally we just had one being uh, held for a project going on and. I don't know what the turnout of that is or was, um, but what I don't see, I, I you get what you get out of them by how much effort you put in to letting people know that you have a meeting. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people just do meetings just because you're required to do them. And then, which you have bare minimum effort, I think, into into maybe who you want to engage and who your target audience is and et cetera, et cetera. But it doesn't have to be that, right? So there's still an effort I think you got to put forth to to actually 
make it a worthwhile meeting and not just something you just check off on a checklist. But when it becomes a project or it's a community-involved thing, I think due diligence to, to figure out who your target audience is, give it some time to where you actually can target that audience to get them present, and obviously do some things that are different instead of just holding a public meeting like, hey, here's some signs, you know, what do you guys think about this? Um, all the way from an engagement to where, you know, there's surveys or there's digital things you can do or, you know, you create it as a part of an event, you know, maybe you got booze, you got a cash bar, you know, you just mm. bring it as to a reason I've why. I've been to one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not either, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. I mean, it, it's sky's the limit. I think it's where you can have some creativity to to try to engage with the public. And I think that alone, that experience amplifies what you're really trying to do to where, you know, you can associate, like, I don't it's sad. I remember boring meetings. I wish the meeting wasn't boring because the project really isn't boring or whatever they're discussing may not be that, that boring or it's effective because it's a big deal. I'm, I'm directly harmed by it or, you know, whatever, if it's a land use kind of thing, but it just has the opportunity to make it a feel good, good experience, which will translate into the whole project. So I mean, you just build buy-in. It's building buy-in, buy-in, buy-in. Gotcha. Yeah. So, Having those experience, you know, your your previous experience yeah. in, a, in another uh, vocation. Um, another world. Were there ever, were there ever people in the crowd? Like, I guess what I'm getting at are, are there are there stereotypical characters that come to public meetings that are there purely in an antagonistic manner? Yeah. Um, from my experience, my very first public meeting when I was a city planner, um, we had to talk about um, some projects we were doing for the riv- uh, River Trail. Of course, which later then became being misquoted in the paper to say, the trail's going to be here next year. Well, it's been several years, <laughs> and the trail is still not there. So, Whoops. <laughs> and I don't remember where that got wrong, you know, where that turned, but it's public funds, it's federal funds. You're going to have somebody who doesn't want you to spend the money on that. doesn't matter about the project. They just don't want you to do it. I mean, or it doesn't matter about the details of the project. You know, you're trying to learn from people. You kind of, you're prepared in some degree on what you're obviously talking about or what you have an envision for or what your department does, but you'll have people who don't want to fish that out. They just don't. They just don't want it. And they may be louder than everybody else there. Yeah. So that that is a stereotypical, I guess. Like you're going to have some people who aren't there. Have you guys in support? You guys are familiar with Parks and Rec, right? The show Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were so many t- moments in that show when I thought, "Man, this is just a window into my life." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got a public meeting where a guy is standing on the podium reading his version of Star Wars. You know, now mm-hmm. I never really had that experience, but there are definitely people that are there, and they're like tropes, right? They're they're like known things. So you've got the couple people who are truly just community stakeholders. They're interested. They kind of want to know what's going on. They're not antagonizing and they're not really supportive, but they want to know. You know, they're informed. They just kind of want to know, understand what's happening. That's Mm -hmm. great. A lot of those folks, a lot of those. You will have some folks, especially if it's um, transportation related. The story I'll tell later is transportation related Mm -hmm. and that seems to really bring out the people that have strong opinions and so... Um, 
you do have some people there that are just like against everything. There, I mean, mm-hmm. there are some people that are just like, we shouldn't be doing anything. And the crazy thing is, to Sam's mm-hmm. point, the feedback doesn't stop at the meeting. Mm-hmm. I was once paired up. I was playing golf one time and paired up with a guy, and we started chit-chatting. <laughs> this is a free story. This isn't the real story. <laughs> this, this is, is a, a free story. Free one from Uncle free, Brett. Free story from Uncle Brett here. And this guy, you know, we just started chatting about, like, what you know, what do you do? What do you do? And I told him what I did. Mm-hmm. And I was working at the regional council at the time, and he and then he took that opportunity to like light into me about how our river trail was a colossal waste of money. He couldn't understand it, and he spent nine holes just giving it to me yeah. about this trail. Um, this was not a public meeting. I mean, it was a public meeting, but not that kind of a public meeting. So. Yeah. But to Sam's point, um, you do get all types. I do think um, one of the one of the things I would advise folks out there is is be ready for feedback that you haven't anticipated yeah. or that you may not want. Mm-hmm. And that's challenging because then what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, cause you've got to like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to record all the feedback yeah. and all the comments and all that. But like, if you get some that's really out there, like, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we come into these meetings thinking the project is already set or, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're really here to make sure that like nobody's really, really mad about this or we haven't really missed something. But if you get some really good feedback, what do you do with it? And that's, I don't know the answer to that. I'm just saying be ready for unanticipated feedback and yeah. ideas. So let's let's kind of take an academic uh, you know, segue here. Provide to me and the listeners a ideal layout or agenda for, let's give an example project here, of you know, a, a transportation style of a public meeting. Let's say... Yeah. Some you you yeah you want to do some some um, complete streets project okay. right and you're holding a, a public what is like the agenda that you should hold and then where could that go off the rails and what, maybe what are some uh, recommendations to kind of re you know herd the cats if you will yeah. I think I think one of your first things obviously you can do is is how to make it interactive, how to how to move it away from uh, inside of a room. So in this example of constri- complete streets, how can you actually bring that meeting to the street to to the point to where that's where you can engage with people, right? So let's say that's, that's your door, that's your window, you're in there. Um, so now what you want to do is if you can provide examples or presentations or you know, et cetera, kind of the educational piece, like what is complete streets? Well, this is what it is. Oh, here's an example of what this could look like, you know. Um, so let me, I'm just going to like, as you say it, I'm going to ask fine. questions. Yeah. So you're talking about not holding the public meeting inside of mm-hmm. some auditorium, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's take it out to the streets and maybe along uh, the sidewalk or, of mm-hmm. something like that. And you'd have yeah. maybe booths set up where you could, mm-hmm. you know, have uh, – Educational pieces, renderings, et cetera. And as yeah. people come yeah. um, walking by, you know, they may not even be there for the public participate. They don't even no. know about it. They're just yeah. walking by and now you've you've captured their attention mm-hmm. and you're trying to, to garner some feedback from them yeah. while also educating them on the process. Correct. Yeah. And I think and I, I won't steal this from Brett, but it's all about the questions you ask. So Brett has a really nice piece just on the types of those questions um, that are better to educate versus uh, asking them the wrong questions. Sure. I'll let let Brett take care of that. So here's my disclaimer as someone who's a recovering 
regional planner, right? Regional developer, right? I, I've been at so many of these. And if you're listening to this, dear listener, and you were at a meeting with me and it was really terrible, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Brett Altman on Twitter, and complain. <laughs> or support at MyTownHustle.com. Or I'll give you Sam's home phone number. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, oftentimes, fellas, what happens is... Oftentimes? Often. No, oftentimes. Uh, ooh, I like oftentimes. I like oftentimes. <laughs> <laughs> these guys got jokes today. <laughs> Oftentimes, yeah. when we have these meetings, uh, we're asking people questions that they're not really prepared to answer. So, mm-hmm. for example, Samurai, you, Samurai, Sam. Man, I like it. I'm on a roll today. There we Sam go. and I, who have a planning background, mm-hmm. have questions that might be relevant to us. So maybe mm-hmm. I could ask Sam what his thoughts are about this bike lane configuration or this turning radius configuration to better accommodate pedestrians or any of those things. And he could answer those from a, you know, with his planning background, Mm -hmm. my neighbor who's a retired school teacher can't answer that question Mm -hmm. with any kind of value add answer. Do you know what I mean? They don't know why this radius is safer than that one or why this elevation change is dangerous or why this line of sight issue is concerning. They don't know how to judge that and give me feedback that allows me to sufficiently modify the project. You know, what I can ask them, the right question to ask is, are things like, where do you not feel safe crossing the street? Mm. Where, Mm. when you're riding your bike, where do you feel most in danger or at risk or where are the most dangerous segments of road when you're riding your bike where do you ride your bike do you ride your bike you know very very the places you avoid correct and yeah. so though and i'm and i'm saying that as someone who I'm, I'm learning this now after 20 years of asking all the wrong questions and wondering why i wasn't getting the feedback i wanted i i realized i wasn't asking them questions that they could answer in a way that's meaningful yeah and so i'm i'm very cognizant now of asking the questions that the people that are there could really answer. Mm-hmm. Where do you not feel safe walking at night? Right? Where where would you not let your kid cross the street? Or where do you have to walk your bike mm-hmm. across? There's things like that, you know, questions yeah. that folks can approach, not um does this flashing backplate, you know, provide you a more secure feeling than that one? Is this one more mm-hmm. visible than that one? Mm-hmm. Is the retro reflectivity on this one better than that one? They, they Most people can't answer that. Sam and I can answer that because mm-hmm. we know what those things mean. Yeah. But asking your neighbor that is not a way to get effective feedback. So asking the right questions is critical. Yeah. That- when Is there a, a time, because I'm a, as you both know, I'm a big data junkie, mm-hmm. right? But I like good data. I don't like garbage data. Are you? Are there times when you're in these conversations with people, um, and maybe you're asking them to fill out a little survey after you've you've talked them through some stuff, mm-hmm. uh, maybe educated them a little bit on what mm-hmm. what the project might be, and you ask them to fill out a survey, and they're basically just, I guess, what's the balance between not rendering your opinion, so that they just then regurgitate that back to you? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. How do, how 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 do can you best handle that so that you get true, you know, unfiltered, unfettered feedback? I I I think it's those questions. How you frame those questions that gets you the feedback that you that you need because then you can then you're at, once you get those results, that's when we put in our opinion or our knowledge or our background into what the solution should be. For, and that's actually going to be more meaningful. Once all the data is collected, the meeting is done, over with. Yeah. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So can, in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, in that 
public engagement piece, when they're talking to you and they they would say something, yeah. right? Or they say they they don't know. What are some tips to like extract more than just you know uh, you know I, I kind of like it the way it is or you know oh yeah maybe right there you know I can see because some sometimes you know when we would present things you know from an architecture and engineering standpoint people it's amazing if you show a rendering of a picture right mm-hmm. and yep. you have like the main building right so in this case you'd have the main street right and there'd be some ancillary piece in the rendering that is just basically filler so that everything else looks like it's in context yeah and they would just fixate on that and they go oh yeah i like that you know i really like that I'm like well that's not even part of the project <laughs> you know like yeah so one creating the visual is i would say severely underrated important mm-hmm. like true you cannot add anything in there that somebody is going to think is a part of the project especially on these topics jared because Mm -hmm. most people can't visualize oh if we take this five lanes to four lanes or these two lanes to three lanes Mm -hmm. you know most people can't just visualize that freely in their mind and then and then contextualize what that is so the visual is critical to even have any conversation yes and yes and the fact that visuals are so good now true so there is a level of like wow this is really realistic so everything in it must be thought out and true. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. So I've actually seen in in our profession and building design, we've gone like almost like scaled back a little bit to like rudimentary, you know, massing diagrams and things like that because you don't. There's no at least in the schematic and, and DD level, you're you don't have enough of everything thought out yet. To mm-hmm. put together a visual where they're like, "Yep, that's exactly what we talked about," you know, yeah. because you'll get clear to construction documents, and then somebody will say, "Wait a minute, where's that? You know, that little uh, that that curb isn't there. That was well, that was a right. that was just a visual. That wasn't yeah. your building, you know." So it's that's that's a difficult thing yeah. that I can you know attest to, you know, and being in those situations, if I were to ask somebody, I'd be like, "Oh, that's yeah. I don't know." Yeah. So um, moving on, I don't want to... Can I, can well, I yeah. add something to that? So yeah. I'm thinking about this. So the public engagement that I think works best is is never, at least in my experience, is never one person standing at an elevated podium talking to an auditorium. That's not a public meeting. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's a presentation. Yeah. And public meetings, I'm talking about kind of small group-based, you know, conversational workshop type, type environments. And really one of the things I would encourage folks to do is talk less level. The level set is this. I've been to so many meetings where it's a public meeting and it's a workshop kind of environment where you can come in, come out. There's no set presentation, right? You, you know, we're going to be here from six to eight. You can come in, you can view the, you can view the plans, you can view the configurations. If, and if there's any feedback or ideas, we can talk about anything. What I like to do, what I found effective was give just the bare minimum right? Here's our project. Here's kind of what we're trying to do. And then stop talking because the idea is for you to talk, not me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I don't want to be in there is is filling up a bunch of hot air. So then I'm flooding you with my words and thoughts and considerations and ideas and I'm not getting yours. So I always like to just give the bare minimum and then just let that person have their 10 minutes or whatever it is of whatever that comes out. That serves a lot of purposes. One, you can get good information that way. Mm-hmm. Two, 
and I'm not saying this in like a placating way, but that person feels like they were hurt. And I think that's very important is that we want to make sure that folks know that these comments and their opinions has a place in these processes. It's not just here for me to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the bare minimum. And really the whole point of this is for you to talk to me mm-hmm. and, and tell us what you think. Um, so many times I see it's like Sam is saying, you go in there and the person who's presenting is just talk, 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 talking. And the people who are there never get a chance to like say anything. Mm. Yeah. So I, I'm saying yeah. it's important to understand the best idea in the room is not always between your ears. Yeah. And do more listening than talking. And if you you seem to get a way better product out of that on all levels, on yeah. feedback level, on the feeling level, on the participation level. So yeah. I would encourage folks to do that. Yeah, yeah. I like that advice mm-hmm. a lot. So I'll, I'll bring it back to architecture and engineering. You know, when I heard what, what I heard you say there was the problems are all going to be pretty similar. The context mm-hmm. is all going to be very different. So yeah. in mm-hmm. in my world, that means you could design a house in Cleveland, Ohio. That's the exact same house as, say, one in Florida. Yep. The context is completely different. I'm not designing for uh, a tidal surge in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm not designing for three feet of snow in Florida. So the context mm-hmm. is different. And allowing these people the opportunity to speak, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, very very much Sergeant Friday, hear the facts, now now you talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what they have to say about that. <clears throat> I like that. Well, I, don't forget, too, that what Brett described there in relation to, like, your example, of just come, if we're on the street, you come up, and you have really kind of maybe strong opinions, but you also don't know but you're asking the yep. questions by asking them, you know, maybe you don't bike the conversations about bike racks. Well, you know, if you were, if you, can you pick, you know, someone who does, can you picture someone mm. who, who does I like, like mm-hmm. how, how to phrase it? So you've taught them because an, un, like an, un, something in the in, in community and public engagement like that, it's still worthy, but hard to keep data on is the fact that maybe I've walked you through that process. You may not be, I may not have converted you, but if you can walk away understanding what the project sure. is, and now you're not a loud mouth, you know, to to just go off on some random tangent, it's still a win, because you've you, I have successfully kind of taught and educated you at least what's going on, what these things are, why we're here, giving you the actual information, not correct, yeah. yeah. Even if that inf- you walked in, you're like ah, ah eh. can you I know. ask one off? topic question yeah are you guys jealous at my swivelness right now because of no mic stand <laughs> going back and forth i i, I like moving the, the mic yeah I, I like that your demeanor has significantly improved in the last what 13 15 right? 16 yeah, minutes 20, right? yeah. it yeah. was not yeah. good to start it was not no i was not happy it was a real you know it was it's daddy a, just cursed out the coach <laughs> at the baseball game yeah. moment in here and yeah. all the kids didn't know what to do yeah we we're don't, just uh, eating our sunflower seeds <laughs> over here <laughs> We don't have that little E on our on our show, so we, <laughs> I'm <good>. glad. <laughs> uh, anywho, I like this, so I might continue this. Yeah. We'll see how the audio comes out, but well, that's good, and it's and it's good. It seems like you like the topic, and I think at the end, and we can keep going. But I think at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is just kind of sh- knowing that we have public officials who listen to the show or people who are engaged in the community um, that are on the ends like Brett and I that are standing in front of them of just creative ways to, to think of how to engage, but also too, if we can change the people who actually interact with these, uh, you know, yeah. the people 
to coming into an open mind and just learn and realize that it's and that moment of being hurt. Just yeah. you know. So you have you have a story you want to tell. Can I ask one question to yep. both of you before that? Yep. What what are some tactics to use if you find yourself in a situation where somebody's asking a question that is it's like explaining the word the like you should know this this is basic knowledge um or it's so over the top like complex mm-hmm. you can't boil it down yeah and I'll, uh, an example of this would be um again in a traffic study in uh somebody, you know, a, a, a traffic engineer standing up and saying, we collect data using Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And then somebody saying, well, I don't have a Bluetooth phone or I didn't have my Bluetooth on, so how did you count me when I was, you know, yeah. driving through there? Yeah. And now you're asking a transportation engineer to dive into, you know, statistical relevance, confidence yeah. intervals, all of these things that is just so, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be so above mm-hmm. everyone in that room, most likely. You know what you do? You get that engineer off the stage. You just that's the wrong person that's that's talking. So so in that instance, the transportation engineer most likely is a consultant. Mm-hmm. So you as the public official, you need to you know, that's the time for you yeah. to jump out of your seat and and come to their Yes. Okay. You're setting the stage. This all gets back to and correct me if I'm wrong, Brett, in your preparation as you're going into the meeting, right? Like, yeah. you're fully aware what is going on. And I think most important is the why. Because people are going to ask you, well, why, why do we need to do this? And then you answer that. And then when you just talk about methods of what you're doing in that regard, well, why why do we do that? I mean, you got to talk it, talk it to a point that's understandable and that it's not the sole sense. I mean, you have to... Interrupt that conversation, nip it in the butt, and then move on. You don't let it drag out, and that's what you. Th- I mean, you have to. You have to answer that correctly. I like that. I I think it's a great answer. The other thing I would add to the, what Sam is saying is, as a public official or as a consultant in that scenario, it's you. You must deploy patience, mm-hmm. right? Ultimate patience, and it's hard. It's really hard. I'm looking at yeah. Jared. It's <laughs> be very yeah. hard. For me. It's yeah. hard. It is. Uh, the second thing is uh, obviously deploy honesty. And so, yes, yeah. in this moment, we are consultants. Mm-hmm. However, that doesn't mean we know every single answer. And I would argue it's okay to say, you know, I don't know the answer to that. Um, we're studying this matter, whatever the topic is, and we're really kind of juiced up on this one thing. But I don't know, I, you know, if you're asking me some other ancillary thing that's kind of unrelated, I don't, I may not know the answer to that. And it's okay to say that rather than try to press on the image of that I know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, there there are those times, and and it's and it's challenging because these things are all complicated, and they have many pieces and parts. Yeah. And so, understanding in this scenario, for example, how the Bluetooth data collection was relevant to all the other data collection methods that were going in, because we want to get the most complete count we can get, mm-hmm. and we don't want to miss anybody. So we're doing it with our eyeballs. We're doing it mechanically with, you know, we're clicking people. We got pneumatic tubes out there that's catching people. We're We've got video up there. You know, we're taking every possible means we can to catch everyone. Yeah. 
And if we didn't catch you by Bluetooth, we caught you another way. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's just part of the that's part of the honesty. That's part of the patience, and that's just part of the gig. I yeah. think you just have to know that that's going to happen when you sign up for the, yeah. <laughs> for the job. It's going to happen. And those three or five words right there, just in terms of you know, if we didn't, if you don't have Bluetooth, we got you another way. And that's that's the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you kind of retrace back to all those other methods that he said, sure. and then. And then you move on. Well, I mean, you know, you don't let that fester into a in, yeah, a, and that's a, a, a whole more com- yeah whole conversation. specific correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also, and it's also important to think about in some of these public meetings. And Sam maybe has experienced this. You may have a detractor out there that you know we really hate the city of Parkersburg, and we're going to take any opportunity we can to come into this public meeting and nail you about something, even if it's not about this project, because I'm really mad about the last thing. Yeah. And I didn't get my point across. And so I'm going to come to the next thing mm. and complain about the last thing. And we've had, I've experienced moments of that where, you know, a, a, a citizen is really mad at the, some agency. ODOT, maybe it is. And, oh, there's an ODOT meeting at the regional council. I'm going to go there and I'm going to give those ODOT people a piece of my mind. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the project. There will be that. And yeah. I mean, so some yeah. people obviously are just looking for opportunities to get their displeasures out. For whatever, whenever for the can. voice to be heard, sure, yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. that that will that will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Story time with Brett. Story time with Brett. Story time. Story time. Okay. So some of you listening might actually be living this still, and many of you might even know exactly what I'm talking about. Ooh. So, a couple years ago, <clears throat> the village of McConnellsville, which is in Morgan County, it's about 30 miles north of Marietta, they proposed to implement two roundabouts at either end of a bridge on the north end of their town. Pretty highly traveled bridge, pretty tra- highly traveled road. And the the idea came out, let's do roundabouts at each end of this bridge. So I'm going to pause the story here and say, for those of you, if you're unaware of what a roundabout is, it's like a traffic circle. Rain to beat. Right. So the idea of behind a roundabout is, it's like the ultimate safety countermeasure for an intersection. So if you've got an intersection where people are running lights or you've got you know, you've got T-bone crashes, you've got head-on crashes where you're having fatalities or you're having crashes with pedestrians because they're trying to cross intersections. Hmm. A roundabout is like the ultimate vaccine for that. The data, and there, there is copious data about this, copious data about if you implement a roundabout at an intersection that has those challenges, you may never have a fatality again if that's your desire. So the safety the safety benefits of a roundabout are off are like off the charts. It's it's as high as you can get. So we had public meetings for this these roundabouts. And I'm like I'm I'm looking at Sam and I'm thinking this is gonna be like other public meetings I've had. There's gonna be four or five people here. Mm-hmm. We did have a presentation, we had video, we had the the local head of the local ODOT district there who gave a great was gonna give a presentation. And I'm thinking, you know, we'll answer questions, no big deal. I go to this place, it is Popping! I was like, "Is the president here? Like, <laughs> is is the Ohio, is the Ohio State football team? I mean, it was popping. Yeah. There were hundreds of people there, and so immediately I was like, "Wow, okay, wow. it's gonna go one way or the Not other." Not only are there hundreds of people there, these people have made T-shirts that say "No Roundabout." And as I approach the building, I start looking around. I see these shirts. Not only that, there are signs on cars. People have made signs on the back of their cars: "No Roundabouts." And so I get into this meeting, and it's like everybody's teed up, right? And we give the presentation, and there's a lot of opposition, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
but there's also a lot of like strong data in there about if you're concerned about safety up there, like this is going to be way safer for pedestrians. It's gonna, we'll, we'll never have a, you know, it's highly unlikely we'll have a high, uh, a high injury or a fatality rear ending or anything, a T-bone, any of them will never have that again. Yeah. And it's not going to impact the flow. Like we're not going to lose time. It's not going to be slower. We had all this data. Mm. And, um, there were two groups that night. The early group was the ones who were really mad. And then the second group was like um, other folks who had who had came who, who couldn't come later. It was younger folks, is what I'm trying to say without saying it. <laughs> mm-hmm. They came later. And it was much it was much more calm. The end the end of the story is the the, the roundabouts ended up happening. And then typically what happens with the roundabouts is this and see if I can kind of sum it up. I used to have this little thing I'd said, but it would be like it takes you like two weeks to get used to it two months to like it and then after six months you want every intersection you ever interact with to be a roundabout mm-hmm. because of it's it's more efficient it's safer and all that um so that was just a, a bizarre in my 20 years that was the most hotly contested had no anticipation that was going to happen walked up in there saw these t-shirts these bright t-shirts everybody was teed up and it was never like that before and that was my like one of my last experiences and it was it was great yeah. but it ended up being a good thing i mean really and i'll shut up about it the only way you can really mess up in a roundabout is if you turn left or if you just yeet over the middle like the dukes of hazard that's really the only way you can mess it up yeah um other than that it's been fine and it's it's actually it actually if you if you google it look at it on google uh, street street view um it actually looks great too mm-hmm. I, I think it adds something to the aesthetic of both ends of McConnellsville and then over in Malta. It, I think it turned out great. Yeah. Selfishly, personally. So. I, th- I think so yeah. too. Yeah. I, I would agree. Yeah. But that I've was a very, long. very exciting yeah. evening. Ooh. So there's there's also a roundabout in Athens. A couple. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking of the one on, that's across from Peden Stadium. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's coming right off of the interstate. I can't remember what that street I was is j- called. Rich, Rich. It's Richland. 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 Yeah. I was just there this weekend. So. Did you? We we went for a football game yep. last year. Yep. This is not public engagement talk, but whatever. <laughs> we can cut it if we must. Yeah. <laughs> we parked on the opposite side of the river, mm-hmm. and then we mm-hmm. had to navigate across the bridge. Mm-hmm. the The parking lot was on one side of the bridge. The pedestrian crossway was on the other side of the bridge. Mm-hmm. Navigating that with two toddlers on a football game not not fun mm. not fun i don't know i don't feel like it was done and yeah. it, it may have been i don't know how long it's been there but it felt to me like there was no place for pedestrians sure. to go on the right hand side or where i was on the right hand side to get over to where i needed to to get so we physically had to cross from one side to get to the middle then walk on the middle and then cross on the other side but you had in that roundabout you've got traffic coming um across the bridge you've got traffic coming on both ends parallel to the river and then Mm -hmm. you've got it again perpendicular on Mm -hmm. richland and i think there might even be another one that goes up the hill uh to where the i can't remember the uh yeah this island used to be. So the data that I've seen, Jared, you should never, you should never find yourself in the middle of the roundabout. No, that's the only way to get over there. So Unless you wanted to cross on the bridge, but there's no stoplight right. for that. So interestingly, yeah. I can't, 
I, I could draw this out for you better, listener. This is going to be terrible podcasting. But the roundabout, if you've, got, if you've got three approaches to the roundabout, right? Here's your roundabout. You should be crossing down here, mm-hmm. not up in here. The benefit of the, the pedestrian approach to a roundabout is you only have to look one way because cars are only coming in one direction to enter the roundabout where you're crossing, typically. So the, the reason it's safer is you, you're usually only crossing one lane. Mm-hmm. And you only have to be giving your attention to watching for danger from one direction. So really, you should never find yourself in the middle. You should always be on the periphery. Um, and that's that's the enhanced pedestrian part. If you find yourself in the middle, then um, not you're doing it wrong, but something something went wrong there. You should really never be in the middle. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I felt it was, it was odd um, because I'm a big fan of roundabouts. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like they have fixed them. Maybe have fixed that. Welcome to our roundabout podcast on the <laughs> on the Google on Google Athens. But that is unique because there's really not much existing sidewalk because you have basically kind of like a county road. You know, you exactly ma- ma- more major infrastructure and just and it's a, a makeshift. City, you know, it's a makeshift pay for parking lot for football games. Yeah. So yeah. that's the other thing. That's like yeah. it's not paved. You just drive down over by the river, down by the river, <laughs> down by and you park. And then you walk. Appalachians. And, I mean, it was, we won't park there again. I'll, I'll pay, I'm a cheapskate. I'll pay the extra five bucks and park right next park, to <laughs> park over by the stadium. But Well, here's a knowledge for you. If you're listening to um, your uh, Garmin or whatever, you're, you're coming up to a roundabout. What does it mean when it says to take the third right? Third right turn. What does that mean? That means you're going left. Mm-hmm. So if you're approaching a roundabout, mm-hmm. the first right is literally right. The second right is if you want to go straight ahead. And the third right is if you actually want to take the left. So I think t- even to, to Brett's comment about the two weeks and two months and all that, that, right, if you are traveling and as roundabouts become more popular or whatever, and you're actually listening to someone give you instructions, that is what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember be, I remember being in San Diego, going back to my uncle's house, driving our rent a car, and just just that's like on there. Take the street, take the second right. I'm like, what, what, what second right? You know, and it took it just <laughs> took a little bit, but once I figured it out, it was it was nothing. But it is different in that regard, which is again a change. So it's going to take some time for people to get used to it. I, I think people end up liking roundabouts because it puts the driver in control. Oh, I love it. I love Whereas if you're sitting at a stoplight, you're not in control. Like, oh, there's nobody here. There's nobody here. I could be going. But unless you want to break the law. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. We're going to bring this back. Any Anything else we want to talk about on public engagement? I think there are just ways that people should go, should rethink them. And I, I think the main point I always want to get out is just preparation. Be prepared of what you're going to talk about. Um, you know, Cities and planners and other, I mean they have projects already in mind, right? I mean there's that's your job. You're consistently thinking of things to do and how to make your community better. Um, if you are going off a comprehensive plan, for example, it's kind of already made note of that. But you know if it's a new project, I think you do so much better and can get longer buy-in if you're just upfront about it. At, even at the early stages, like, hey, this is what we've kind of identified. You know, this needs a little bit of TLC. This is what we would like to do. You know, ask the right questions, and I think you can really get some 
momentum that way. And I just be prepared for, I think, nobody showing up. Be prepared for a lot of people showing up and just really figure out how to analyze all the input that you get. And I think that that will take you a long way. And I think there's just way more engaging ways you can go about it. For those of you that are holding these public meetings, I would would encourage you to do the most direct and personalized level of engagement that you can afford. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you can afford through your energy, through your time, and through your resources. So the more you can connect with somebody directly one-on-one with for five minutes and just have a conversation with them Mm -hmm. or whatever you can do that's in that vein that is for me that was always what was most effective when i was doing these rather than Hmm. me standing there in front of a screen doing a powerpoint that i mean there are moments when you will do that right i mean that's just part of it i'm not saying that's bad but for the engagement piece that's not all of i'm saying don't make that all of what you do so whatever you can afford to do very directly, very personally, very conversationally, I think that's where you get the most benefit. Yeah. And know your target audience. I mean, even it's free to have a nonprofit, other organization kind of help spread the word um, that you're having a meeting versus just your legal ad for two weeks prior. I mean, sure. times, you know, we are changing in a, a 21st century where I read the paper, but I don't read all of the paper, right? That's not something I, I do. So I could get something more fruitful out of a different means. So think of it that way as well. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Um, If you found this helpful, uh, feel free to shoot us a five-star review, drop us a comment, uh, whatever whatever the case may be. Uh, If you've got any suggestions for upcoming episodes, we we really enjoy getting those. Um, And they come, you know, a lot. And uh, we we spin those into – upcoming episodes or topics or articles etc so all right that'll do it thank you for listening to my town hustle we would greatly appreciate it if you would share our podcast with someone who you think would benefit greatly from it but most importantly subscribe and leave us a rating and review on itunes spotify or whichever platform you consume your podcasts it would mean the world to us until next time folks thanks for listening